We are here. <laughs> we are here back we are. live. Oh, we haven't um, checked the results of that poll, actually. Oh, what yeah. did you guys vote? Slash, we didn't get any messages. I was expecting some <laughs> DMs of, you know, what, <laughs> what it should be. Uh, we are here or here we are. Yeah, are we are here. Well, actually, update on the other poll. Oh, um, okay. Route versus route. We've got fifty <laughs> percent each way. It's an oh, even there split. you go. Is well, it route or is it know, route? That reflects my perspective too, because I like to mix it up. I say route. Sometimes I say route, and I just you know I flip it on its head when people mm. are least expecting. You know, <laughs> life is short. You got to keep it interesting. Spice it up. Route. I also route. had. We also had a very similar result on our Would You Rather from yesterday. I think it's at 52 and 48%, something like that. Um, Yeah. And there's something like 60 votes. So it's pretty surprising how even it is. So if you haven't checked that out, you would have missed it by now. But um, Um, well, let's tell the listeners what it was. This is what you get for following us on Insta. Yeah, guys, if you're not following us, missing out on some great content. Some great Um, content. But yes, it was. We'll give this one to you. Yeah, just you give one, you a little treat. <laughs> but make sure you follow so you don't miss any more. Um, it was. Would you rather have a three out of ten knee pain for the rest of your life, but no other injuries at all in the future, or would you rather have none of that knee pain, but the potential to have any injury at any time, just like you would in a normal life? Fifty fifty. Look, uh, I did have to think about this a little bit, but. Mm-hmm. Really, it's quite easy, I think, really? at the end of the day. Which yeah. one did you vote for? I didn't even know. Yeah, well, I'm going to guess you said the know. no knee pain one. <gasps> no, the knee pain, 100%. Oh. I've already dealt with three out of 10 knee pain for far too long. <laughs> and like, it's not the end of the world. It's just a knee. You've got two and no other injuries. That is mm, it. It's not going to get worse. I see a lot of people in the clinic and a lot of pain with all sorts of different hectic, crazy injuries. Um, obviously I'm not just talking about running injuries. I'm talking about all the different injuries you could have, but let me tell you three out of 10 knee pain is really the least of anyone's concerns. I know as a runner, it's not ideal, but you know, whack some compression on, get a bit of neurofin gel. <laughs> you'll be right. Yeah, no, I'm on the same, I'm, I, I agree. I'm on the same page. Imagine oh, okay. like just being able to run as much as you want and just thinking, oh, cool. I'm never going to get a stress fracture. I know. Oh, cool. Like, I'm never going to get any like tendon problems. I can just no. do whatever I want. Live, yeah. Just jump off cliffs. Of the pond. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have wanted to start base jumping. So this could well, be a good time. Well, now we have Only the slack three line. Out of 10 knee pain. We could have some new injuries on the horizon with the slack line. It could be, um, so, you know, some more impact landing type injuries versus the overuse. Well, Unless I'm we pre- just use the slack line all day, every day, it could be. I'm pretty good, actually. Well, so yeah. I, I don't think I'm going to have the injury. <laughs> you are pretty it's, good. It's so much fun. Uh, if anyone was um, on our Instagram last week, you would have seen that. Did we post this on Instagram? Or did I imagine this? I can't remember. It was well, somewhere. I don't think we did. Or maybe it, it might have just been on mine. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't matter, but. It does matter because, you know, you guys know, Soph and I have lots of hobbies. Um, Soph is a juggler and she is also a skateboarder now too. skateboarder. She does bouldering. I'm a surfer. As you all know, I'm pretty great. I think I caught one wave this morning and then just fell off and nosedived and it wasn't even a steep wave, but that's okay. Um, and I also do handstands against the wall. And- <laughs> when was your last handstand? 
um yesterday I every, oh, I always do good. it just about every day yeah okay, good, good, good. like just one or two you know just make nice. sure I can still kick onto the wall good. bring the toes off for a second or two but no we don't want to get too wild no. um, put the back on safety first helmet on click clack um but <laughs> I do now I have a new hobby because yeah Lane purchased me a slack line for my birthday which is very exciting so and good. um gosh it is hard it is so hard so hard holy moly <laughs> you've progressed quickly and now i've got one too so we can what? facetime each other while we're on our slack lines <gasps> okay well i'm gonna go this afternoon <gasps> so. okay well i'll see you there okay oh can't wait it's oh my so gosh exciting. we can slack line together but virtually good oh i can't wait also um, vote below if you think lydia should move to sydney already oh yeah it's all here um, it's all happening if anyone is at utmr on the weekend you'll know the vibes are high around vibes here. are high um should we chat about some running should we chat about oh, your I guess so. weekend utmr yeah, yeah, yeah. tell me about how it. that went because it looked Ooh. like so much fun and i did have a little bit of fomo as the young mm. kids say i don't think young i've ever kids. said the word fomo before <laughs> i felt so uncomfortable saying that i thought Youth. a little bit like oh that looked like fun i wish i was there that kind of feeling. Just I think that's FOMO. I think that's the definition. <laughs> <laughs> just no, admit it. Just, admit it's it. gross. I don't, yeah, I don't like gross. it. If you want um, to use it, that's fine. But I just. Thank you. I'm just, I'm too old for it now. That yeah, I'm big 25, quarter century. Yeah. Look yeah, at you. Quarter century gal over here. <laughs> um, yes, UTMR was, you used the word fun. I think I've <laughs> used that word for like the, the before and the after. It's but just the, the pictures, right? The pictures looked so great. Yeah, I was like, yeah, wow. looks great. But the discomfort was high also. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of elevation. And very... you went quick, Soph. Like your pace was sub six minute pace and there was a lot of heels. <laughs> well, my first K was 4.16. I know. And I, I was like, that. yeah, I here I go. Like, I was like, sure. Course not. record, Sota, watch out. I'm coming for you. Yeah, um, that was fast. That is yeah, really fast. It was. A it lot, was. Like, it's good yeah. for me. And then the last K was 8.33, I think. So <laughs> if you average that out, you probably end up with about six minutes. So I think that's where that I think it was from. just under six-minute K. I'll claim it. That was good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Which I love the downhills. Oh, good. Yeah. Didn't love Fair the ups. Um, yeah. What about good? the old three out of ten knee pain on the downhills? No, none of that. Bit oh, of a weird right. calf situation. Oh, that's right. Just so bite. strange. <laughs> Honestly, maybe it was about a bite. Because well, it was like swollen and sore. And then like, it's fine. Like it doesn't hurt to like do a calf raise. It doesn't hurt to like move my foot in any way. It doesn't hurt to run, but to still to touch it, it still feels bruised. Mm. Um, so it sounds like a bite. It really sounds bite. like a bite. Which is so weird. Yeah. Well, that's what happens on the trails, right? Well, it wasn't trail. Ultras. Footpath. It was the city. It was, <laughs> it was <I> UTMR. <laughs> yeah. Ultra footpath. <laughs> UTMR. Um, no, really good. Thank you, Turbo, for organizing it. So much fun. Um good vibes afterwards upstairs for the presentation congratulations to the winners sota and Gemma, and everyone else that was there everyone got it done as far as i know maybe there were a few dropouts but everyone had a good time <laughs> so regardless attention. <laughs> no there was definitely some dropouts but people turned up that's all that matters uh it was good fun so keen for the next one also keen for the hectic 5000 mm. 10th of August, Wednesday night, 7.30 p.m. Oh, that's be there. exciting. ES Marks. Um, I, I'm going to try and be there in some capacity, whether that is running or maybe I'll take up some photography after the lessons learnt in this episode. In oh. Fact. Watch out. Watch out. Yeah, there were some lessons learnt, weren't there? Mm. Um, anyway, tell me about you for a brief Tell me about brief me. Moment. I'll tell you briefly. Um, I'm sort of running 
I think that week of my birthday when I was down the coast, down the coast, down in Sydney, I ran 59Ks for the week yeah, and now I've just dropped one. back to my 45 because I think um, I don't want to get too carried away, but everything is feeling really, really good. Like the best everything has ever felt, Yay. at least in the last like year. Um, yeah, my weird foot symptoms, I think, have not been present in the gym mm. or in the ocean, which wow. was or driving that's the other thing mm. like I haven't updated everyone all of this but like they were the main times that I had this weird like stabbing numb tingly foot situation in the gym and when I was on my surfboard but it is not there so it hasn't been there for the last couple of weeks very good everything feels pretty strong um Achilles nothing plantar fascia nothing just that little bit of three out of ten knee pain, you know? Gee, wow, um, the pole came true. Yeah, no, not actually. It's not three out of ten. It's just like here and there, you know? Well, this is the thing. What's three out of ten? Oh, no, it's, yeah, no. Three out of ten is very subjective. But mm. anyway, I'm trying to be concise and brief. Stop distracting sorry, me. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, I've had some great couple of weeks of running. I've been including some more hills and some more trail runs. Um, Yeah, I did a 25K trail run on the weekend with like six or 700 meters elevation. So, Really nice, like all quite runnable, nothing too technical. Um, some pretty little rainforest sections and then some more like open sort of fire trail. Um, and then just a few more road runs. Actually, I was a little bit under the weather last week for a you few were. days. I had a few days off, um, like off running. And it was so funny because I actually for the first time was like, oh, how good is it that like my weekly mileage at the moment is like so low that I can just make it up on the weekend? And I wasn't necessarily going to. I was like... We'll just see what happens because I've been sick. I'd rather have an easier week. Um, but I just ended up going for a longer run and then sort of ended up being exactly 45Ks for the week. And I was like, oh, that's so crazy that you can just do a few long runs and then you're suddenly at um, a distance, which is like seems like quite a significant amount for the week, at least for me at the moment, which I'm stoked about. Um, yeah, and this week I've already run 19Ks and it's Wednesday. So I'm having today off just a gym session and I'm actually planning, I don't know if I've told you this yet, Soph, but mm-hmm. doing a 5K time trial this Saturday. I think I'm going to find a park run to do it at, which I know is a little bit like maybe not optimal to do a time trial, but I haven't done any intensity or any like effort running for, well, like this whole, since my stress fracture, just because I haven't had much confidence in my body, but I think I'm ready. So I'm going to find hopefully mm. a park run somewhere that is not too hilly. Well, um, Rhodes Park Run is the PB Park Run. Oh, is it? Yeah. Apparently. It's Rhodes. Right. It's like not far from here. Okay. Um, otherwise, there's Centennial Park. There's North Sydney, which I wouldn't recommend. It's lots of laps. Very boring. Uh, okay. um, but yeah, we'll find one for you. Um, All right. And yeah, I'm keen for that. Keen to see how that goes. Yeah. I would love to pace you but um yeah why i'd have to be on a some sort of electric scooter (laughs) (laughs) some sort of motorized device what about your skateboard well yeah give me a few days actually i might be up there um (laughs) as long as there's no hills or bumps or like cracks in the path or any obstacles at all i'll be good it might be like me helping you rather than you helping me. I'm not quite sure, but we can work it out. Um, and then the most exciting part of this weekend is Sunday. Sophie Lane and I are going to be running together. Together in, again. I know. Royal National Park. The Gosh, big announcement. You're back again. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's been right? so long. The dream. So um, exciting. Yes, that is yeah. going to be fantastic. So by the time this is coming out, we will be exploring the trails in the Royal National Park. Hopefully we're not getting too lost. And yeah, yeah we can update you on how it went 
next time. Yeah, that's it. Um, all right. We have talked enough about us and all of our activities. Oh, and I think they're all the important things we had to say. Was there anything mm-hmm. else we need no, to say? No, that's it. Let's get to it. Chris Huang, the incredible, what does he call himself? Sensational, incredible. Uh, he uses a few words. He uses we, a few words. We agree. And um, we agree. He's all of those he words. Is sensational. sensational human. Is that what he said? I'm not too sure. Something but... about incredible photos of a sensational guy. I think it was the description. Oh, yeah. Um, so. <laughs> and that is appropriate. You'll get it. Believe. If you've seen the email, you'll get it. Um, but anyway, he takes some very, very great photos. He is also a great athlete. Oh, my God. Athlete, but still he's, he's got it in there still, but he's just not putting it on display currently because um, he's taking photos instead, which is just really cool. So we love the episode. It was a great chat. We talked about a little bit of his journey getting into professional triathlon. <laughs> I was mixing triathlete with triathlon. <laughs> Chris oh, we're going like so well. triathlete. <laughs> just so lean. Um, it was really interesting though because yes. we got like a bit of an insight into <laughs> what it looks like to be a professional triathlete. <laughs> Gosh, and and what it takes. To... Oh yeah, it's a lot. It's, just, it's incredible and it's it's so wrong the fact that there's just no money for professional runners mm. or triathletes in Australia. And I mean, I don't think really for anyone anywhere in the world, unless you are at the top of the top. And even then there's just like hardly anything. So it was really cool just to hear his perspective. I think Sophie and I going to the chat were like keen to hear like how Chris got into photography, which we obviously chat about too, but it was great to get that insight into um, what it was like being professional, but also trying to have a normal life as well. Mm. Um, so that was really cool. And then obviously we spoke about, how he takes all his photos and now how his involvement in sort of athletics running and sport is as a photographer which is just a whole different side but also very rewarding and exciting too which Mm. you can see in the photos like he captures a lot of emotion and really captures I guess the spirit and the atmosphere of events like it's just so different to a lot of um the sort of stock images that you'll see that I guess I feel like I grew up seeing of sporting events Mm. oh so much better so cool and he also also shares a few stories of some adventures that he's had there was a a trip Mm. that was quite memorable um that he went on quite spontaneously and yeah he shares a lot about that which is really cool I think that's the cool thing about being a photographer I I think it can be it can come off quite glamorous like oh yeah I just get to go on these trips and take these photos but Mm. there's so much hard work that goes into it but Mm. when you hear the stories like the the trips that he's been on it's a pretty amazing amazing life or amazing um, experiences that he gets to have and he's obviously worked so hard to get to this point where he can now do that so it was really cool just to hear how it's all come about mm. yeah I think it definitely it, everything always looks more glamorous than it is right with literally every probably just about everything every workplace every job every sort of sporting endeavor whatever um, but yeah a lot of hard work and a lot of skill a lot of Mm. equipment a lot of knowledge just like so much so yeah we love chatting to Chris and I haven't met Chris yet in person but uh, I think Sophie did over the weekend at UTMR in fact we shared some of Chris's photos on our Instagram from the event so check those Mm. out yeah Um, he didn't take up my offer of swapping places he was taking photos and I was feeling like I was about to die so I said you know you're welcome to swap with me you know you can take my bib I'll take your camera 
you can finish this <laughs> off. I'll take the photos. He didn't take me up on the offer. Oh, um, so terrible. a bit disappointed by that, but fair enough. He's good at what he does. So we'll leave him to it and I'll just keep plodding away on the oh. runs. <laughs> awesome. Thank okay. you so much for listening. Check out Chris's Instagram. It'll be linked below in the, what, Lydia? Where will it be linked? In the description. Oh, no. In the bio. No. In the show notes. Yeah. Oh, there the we go. Same she got thing. it. Everyone knows what I'm talking oh, about. I don't know. Didn't it? Yes. Also, we'll have his website there because Chris yeah, has so a many good lovely photos. looking website. Um, and we also have got, if anyone needs some nutrition, um, because there are lots of events coming up as we're getting into the trail season, um, mm-hmm. Jabalani yesterday and Coastal Classic coming up, all Ooh, the Sydney ones. Yes. UTA is um, like two weeks away. Yep. Um, Rumble in the Jungle today also. Mm. Um, but anyway, more to the point, we've got a discount code for Tailwind, which is a combo of electrolyte and salt. If you guys are keen for that, jump on the discount code. Um, and what else? I think they're all the things. Leave us a review, a like, a subscribe, a follow, yes, shout please. out on the story. Let Join us know our, what you think. Join our Facebook page too. Yes. Another good one. Got some good stuff going on in there at the moment. Yeah, we do. Thank you, Chris and Gabby, for your uh, involvement. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's get into it. Enjoy the app and we'll catch you in the next one. Ciao. Hello, welcome back to the Strongest Ride podcast. Today, we are lucky enough to have Chris Kawang joining us. Chris is a photographer, sports photographer, triathlon photographer, events, you name it. He'll take a photo of it. Um, he's also a self-reclaimed. <laughs> <laughs> Anything you want, any photo at all. Um, he is also an ex-triathlete, retired triathlete, whatever you want to call it. Um, so Chris, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Um, thanks good. for having me, girls. Thank yeah. you. It's good to have you here. Yeah, thanks for coming on. We're, we're stoked to have you. We um, I was just chatting to Soph before you came on and I was saying that whenever I think of sports photography, I always just think of those pictures that you used to get at Little Athletics and like they were all just exactly the same, but like you'd always beg your parents like, please, can we get the photos? And like <laughs> They were terrible. Like you couldn't see much. It wasn't great. But um, scrolling through your Instagram and your website, there is some incredible moments that you've captured. So love 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 your work definitely a big upgrade from um what what I used <laughs> from to think little of as, yeah <laughs> well what yeah. an honor yeah thank you yeah I mean I definitely try not to be that guy that goes to an event and just like sits oh. sits in one spot and shoots a thousand people running past mm. um that's yeah. super boring and I've been offered those jobs and I turn them down because it's not worth the money it's I just don't want to do that um mm. so I would much prefer to go out and photograph the story of what happens at the event um, and, um, you know, shoot actual good imagery that uh, excites people um, mm. and makes makes the event look cool, um, mm. you know, ties in the location and all that sort of stuff as opposed to just like a, a, a tight shot of someone running by. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, always try to be a little bit more creative and level up a bit more. Yeah, mm. that's cool. And how did you get into all this? Do you want to t- take us back a few years when you first picked up the camera? How did that come about? Oh, so I was racing triathlon. Uh, actually, you know what? As, as a little kid, like I bought a camera. My parents bought me a camera when I was probably like <laughs> 10 years old. Uh, you know, like one of those little Olympus tough ones that are like waterproof and all that. And I remember having a lot of fun with that, like um, going to my friend's place and like jumping in the pool and like shooting underwater stuff and whatever. Um, and then anyway, put it aside and had no interest in photography. Like there were friends um, that I had 
from school that were like doing photography and stuff. And I was always like, yeah, you know, whatever. Like these guys just shooting photos of birds and flowers and stuff. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, no, I was, I was racing triathlon and um, this is like 2015 now. Like Instagram is picking up quite a lot. Um, and, um, you know, I was traveling a little bit. I was going up to Chicago this particular time and I just thought, yeah, I better get a camera um, as you do when you go traveling. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that was, that was uh, a world championship week. So there were like a number of races across several days. So I, I did my things. And when I wasn't racing, I whipped out the camera and shot some friends racing, um, which is pretty cool having access to, um, you know, athletes at a high level. Um, you know, everyone looks good and, and so on. And um, yeah, basically from there, I'm just took the camera with me to, to every race and that sort of thing. And it slowly progressed on uh, to where we are now. Yeah, that's awesome. And you were mm. quite involved. Uh, so I've said at the start, you're quite involved in triathlon yourself. I think you, you started as a swimmer. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So I was a swimmer all throughout high school. Um, you know, did learn to swim as a, as a young kid and sort of just progressed through and um, decided not to stop. I just wanted to keep going. So um, yeah, I raced, <clears throat> I raced uh, all throughout high school, um, you know, training probably average seven times a week, I'd say in the pool. Wow. Plus a few like dry land sessions. So yeah, it was, it was pretty bloody hardcore training. Um, and I was, yeah, I was going to nationals like every year. Um, and then towards the end of high school, I had uh, a bit of an interest in triathlon. I think one of the guys, uh, there was a triathlete that started training with our squad. Um, <clears throat> some of the guys were doing some pretty cool stuff in the triathlon world. And I was always like, all right at running. I did a little bit of athletics towards the end of high school, just, um, just because I had to tick the extracurricular boxes and um, mm. had the had the swimming fitness to cross over, so I could just wing it and run like once a week and and go all right. Um, but yeah, as soon as school finished, I I like just went all in on triathlon pretty much, um, and eventually yeah got to race at a, a pretty pretty good level. Um, but um, yeah, finished up in twenty eighteen. It's really interesting, isn't it? Because a lot of well, this is at least what I have seen. Uh, triathletes typically aren't swimmers. Like most triathletes I speak to usually hate the swimming leg, but um, yeah. that was obviously your favorite, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes, it makes a huge difference because it's the hardest one to pick up um, mm. if you start at a later age um, Yeah. because it's so technique based um, mm. so much more so than, than running or, or cycling, especially is, is pretty straightforward. Um, mm. <clears throat> a lot of people can just jump on a bike and if you do enough training, you'll, you'll become strong. Um, but uh, yeah, swimming is an extremely difficult one to pick up. So that was a big advantage for me being able to like go to races and come out. Um, at least the first few years, I was just always coming out at the front and it's the top few guys. Um, later on, as I progressed into becoming, I guess, a better triathlete, my swimming dropped off a little bit and that actually became a bit of a weakness um, in, uh, in the high level racing where you can't, you can't afford to give up any time at all. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you, if you're a few seconds off, you might miss the group on the bike and then you're not having a good day. So, um, but uh, yeah, no, it's definitely an advantage coming from a swimming background for sure. Yeah. And how do you go, like when you first really got into triathlon, how did your training change? So obviously you were swimming pretty much every day before that. How did you then, like were you swimming just a couple of times a week and doing obviously some rides and runs alongside that or how did that look? Um, yeah, so at the start of it, there was a there was a New South Wales performance squad that 
I had my eye on and I was like, right, I want to get onto this squad because that's going to be a good pathway for me moving forward. Um, and for that, they had qualifying times for swimming and running and I couldn't hit the run time for 5K. Um, so I was like, right, I just need to, I just need to run fast. So um, I went to, I started training with the athletic squad. This is like 2013, 14. Um, started training with a running squad and it was basically the focus was my Tuesday and Thursday track sessions and then a few extra runs around that. Um, I was still swimming quite a lot, like probably five times a week. Um, and then like riding was was really just on the back burner, I guess. I'd just do mm. a few rides a week just to sort of loosen out the legs and whatever, but I was just really focused on the run. Um, and I was like, yeah, the, the riding would just come along with time, which is, which mm. is fine. Um, but then, yeah, like there were lots of, different phases over like the I guess roughly five years that I was racing um where you know I'd have more bike specific blocks or run specific blocks later on and the swimming definitely dropped off a lot but um yeah at the start it was all like just focus on the on the running mm-hmm. yeah nice and you obviously did quite well that um I think going to a few Oceana champs seems to be maybe the highlight but if you want to run us through I guess your favorite event or your most proud event or I guess some of the highlights along through your career yeah that's that's a tough one I mean there was a lot of cool stuff um I got to travel to a lot of places that you wouldn't have gone to otherwise um like one that stands out would be Yarrawonga in Victoria which probably no one has ever heard of um (laughs) super random place like it's on the border of New South Wales and Victoria um a little bit inland from like where Albury Wodonga is a lot of people know that that spot but um yeah would never have gone there if there wasn't a triathlon um but yeah it's odd odd place like you had lots of dead trees sticking out of the water and oh. kind of cool but um yeah no biggest stuff I went to age group world championships in 2014 in, in Edmonton Canada um and that was like my first season so it was just all about having fun it was a pretty epic experience and then 2015 I went to Chicago uh same thing age group worlds um I had a bit more expectation um I came fit. I did three races. I came fifth in two and sixth in another, which was okay. But um, you know, I wasn't totally satisfied with that. Um, but yeah, both of those experiences were probably right up there as some of the best experiences I had with triathlon. Um, and then yeah, I, I managed to qualify for my pro license after that. So 2016, 17, 18, um, I was doing yeah, like a few Oceania Cup races and. Um, few other bits and pieces which were which were fun as well I don't know if I have a real um standout result I guess um because you know I guess I could say I was age group national champion twice but but that's age group racing so that's pretty uh, impressive (laughs) yeah I mean it's okay um but uh yeah I don't know if I have a a real standout result, I guess. What was it like yeah. going from competing as like an age group champion to then being in mix with all the professionals? Like how was that transition? Difficult. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I guess that's what I always, like when I started the sport, like all those people were the, were the guys that I was, I was looking at and, you know, I was like, right, I can swim like you guys and, um, I sort of always thought of myself as more elite. Um, mm. So 
it was kind of like right now I finally ticked those boxes just to just to get the license to be able to race the bigger races. Now I'm mm-hmm. like where where I want to be. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean the level is is pretty outrageous. Yeah, the guys like swim, bike, and run really bloody fast. So mm-hmm. um, it's not it's not an easy uh, yeah it's not easy competition. And if you if you do lose time in the swim or or you get dropped on the bike or something um the way cycling is like you just you're pretty much not going to come back from that so um yeah it's pretty ruthless mm. yeah i bet and then sort of like that transition mentally too was that i mean obviously the competition is is next level as you just said but sort of mentally how do you go from being the top to then having to be sort of navigating i guess somewhere more in the middle again yeah, it was. I guess it was a bit, um, a bit difficult because yeah, like at those uh, those easier races, like you, you sort of go with the expectation of yeah, like I'm gonna I'm gonna win or like be the top mm. um, three or five guys or whatever. Um, and then you know you go into these other races where you're just going right. Can I not get dropped today? <laughs> can yeah. I um, can I like finishing in the middle somewhere would be good. Um, so yeah, it's a different mentality, I guess, when you you sort of know you're not going there with the win in mind. Like you just want to be able to like have a have a good race and sort of be in it somewhere. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a different a different sort of mentality, I guess. Mm. And how does that whole professional thing work? Like, is there much support from brands and um, like is everything paid for? Like, how does that? work because obviously it's a big commitment in terms of the amount of training you'd need to be doing so you'd want to get something back for it but can you talk us through that sort of process yeah so triathlon is not like um i don't know soccer or (laughs) formula one or nba or something where you actually get uh cash um so yeah i mean i guess running is somewhat similar like they're uh lucrative sports Mm. um so yeah, you have to you have to qualify to get a professional license, and that allows you to go and enter these races. Um, yes, there is prize money towards the top there. Um, you don't necessarily have. Oh, well, it depends on the race. Sometimes, yeah, you get race entries covered. Um, sometimes you can have like flights and accommodation covered and stuff, but most of the time, probably not, um, unless it's like really high level stuff, which I never got to. But um, yeah, generally, you just funding yourself um if you're lucky you can get some some brand partnerships or something but again most of that is is like oh just slinging a bit of product or you know a bike shop helps you out or that sort of thing um so yeah most i would say most of the guys aren't making any significant coin um mm. from it so there were a lot of guys uh when we were sort of late teens early 20s that were just straight up funded by their parents um a lot of people worked a little bit as well i worked um part-time um to help pay for everything um but uh yeah it's it's a bit of a tough one you know i've got a mate who's currently australian long course champion and he works at coles um just to yeah just to bring in a little bit of steady income Mm. um around his training yeah yeah it's tough it's full on i think i think triathlon i guess is a little bit different to running where i just feel like it seems that you just need so much time like it just there's so much training that you need to do. And obviously you've got three different things. And I think with a run, you can really just leave from your house, go and run, come back. Or as a bike ride or something like that, depending on where you live, you've got to like get all the gear ready, like 
do whatever you do with your bike and then if your tire <laughs> pops and like oh, there's so much more to it like obviously cycling itself would be time consuming but having all three of them is just a huge commitment so if you're then having to work on top of that and then it's hard because if you want to like be the best you need to dedicate like your whole life to it but then how do you eat like it's yeah it's tricky yeah it's real tricky it's real tricky um yeah just the nature of it, it takes a lot of time so um you know, 15, 20 hours a week is pretty standard. Um, some people doing more than that, 25 hours or or even more. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's a lot of time that you're putting into it. And then you've got to factor in, like, the preparation time before every session, you know, even just, like, getting changed and stuff. When you add it up mm-hmm. over the week, it's like mm-hmm. a couple of hours you spent just getting changed. Um, <laughs> and then all the showers you need to have, all the food you need to eat, um, you know, all, all these things. So it takes up a lot of time. And then even when you're not training, you're tired so mm. you don't really want to be doing a lot of work maybe you want True. to just be like having an extra nap or whatever mm. so it is it is quite difficult yeah yeah it's absolutely cool. huge I feel like um like it's so many people's dreams to be a professional runner or professional whatever it is their sport but I think I mean from everything like that I've heard and that I understand unless you are really right at the top and even in running um it's so short-lived and most of the time all you're getting is as you said some product you're not you're not really getting anything to cover yourself so it's it's so sad that like we love watching sports and we love we love we love to see the competition and it's such an exciting thing yet it's just not very sustainable unless you are the absolute best and even then I don't know that it you you're really doing that well at least as a runner as you said it's not um it's not nba it's not footy it's very different yeah yeah i think in uh if you look at the nfl if i'm correct there's about 1600 players in this national football league in the states and you get like i don't know half a million us dollars if you're the worst player in the whole nfl and still spend the whole season on the bench um yeah it's you know it doesn't work like that no. in calf on a running unfortunately yeah yeah yeah. But, so um, yeah it's it's tough for sure i mean there are a lot of people that that finish up like in their early or mid-20s or whatever and they have in a in a way they've got like nothing nothing to show and i yeah i had someone say like you don't want to be you don't want to be a 30 year old 18 year old you know you don't want to have like this long career and then you finish up at, at 30 let's say and you've got like no qualifications you haven't had a real job like you've got no money <laughs> you've got, mm, yeah. you know like um so yeah it's um it's it's a huge life sacrifice i guess to to do a sport like triathlon um if you really want to get 100 out of yourself you know you need to give up a lot of things mm-hmm. um so in saying all of that when you finished up in 2018 was that were these reasons part of why that stopped for you or how come you finished up yeah yeah for sure um I guess there was a number of reasons um partially I just I felt like I was continually underperforming um you know I'd have I'd have certain indicators in training that was like yes I'm capable of this and then I go to a race and it just would not happen um so that was that was quite frustrating but I I knew um I knew the level of of these guys and I was, I did a little bit of training with some guys that came like top 10 in the Olympics. Um, so, you know, I knew what was, what was required and what they could do. And I was like, right, you know, I'm spending all this time and, and money like investing into doing this. And even if I do level up and get to a, where I would like to be and where I think I'm capable of, it's still not going to be 
like top 10 in the world kind of thing. Mm. So what's the point in investing so much into being good, but not like incredible, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was kind of like, am I, am I wasting my time? And this is a time where like a lot of my friends are finishing uni and getting real jobs and that sort of thing and like making like actual progression in their life. And I was <laughs> like, well, what's, what am I doing this for? Um, you know, why, why invest everything to go and come like 17th in an Oceania Cup race? Gosh, it's so sad. Like, I mean, a little bit, yeah. I guess, yeah. yeah, I good on you for, I guess, having, well, making that decision. It sounds like relatively early, like, as you said, not like, yeah, waiting. I mean, I was, I was 22, I think. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, there were a few other things, like there was, uh, I was in a training environment that was, um, became not, uh, it was a little bit toxic, not the most mm. positive environment, not the most supportive environment. So that obviously takes some of the enjoyment out of it and something you go right like am I even having that much fun um Mm. and you know I was working at at that point I was working once a week I was working on a Sunday um for like six hours and Mm. then just trained the whole week um and yeah I was like don't feel like I'm really having that much fun here anymore and Mm. again just not really sure where I'm going with this and what Mm. what the point is so um yeah, and I someone someone had asked me, they were like, What's like what is your ultimate goal? Like, what do you, you know, what's the goal and what's the timeline? And I couldn't answer, I couldn't answer that question. Um so I just basically wrapped it. I was like, I don't know, if I can't answer this question, then why am I doing it? Because mm. wow. it's easy to be like, oh, like I want to win the Olympics, but it, like mm. It's for, yeah for what and then what? Yeah, like, and is, what? That, is that like an actual goal? Like is that mm, a, realistic? You know, yeah. For me, like that was not uh, not realistic at all. Um, so yeah, I was like, what is what is the goal? I don't you know the goal is not just to come like top ten in a Oceania Cup. Like that's not really worth. <laughs> it's not really mm. worth it. So um, yeah. Wow. And how did you feel once you had made that decision? Was it, did you feel relieved? Were you like, thank God that's over? Or did you start to kind of miss it? Did you regret making that decision or? Uh, a lot of mixed emotions, I would say. Mm. Um, was not an easy thing to do because I think for so much of my life, like probably 11 years of my life, like swimming slash triathlon was just like my, like everything. Um, and I never even really thought that I would stop um, until until it kind of happened, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I remember someone that I used to work with who was a really good cyclist and I, like, he should have been, I believe, I think he was capable of riding on the world tour. Um, so the top level of cycling, but he was, you know, he was on a team and then he quit for a few months and then he joined another team and then he'd like do half a season. And I was like, dude, what are you doing? Like, why don't you just keep riding? Cause you're an absolute weapon. And he said, he was like, Chris, one day you'll learn that there's more to life than, being really fit and riding bikes and I was just I was like no there is and then yeah at some point I sort of realized that there is a little bit more um there is a little bit more happening so yeah no I, I wouldn't say it was a sense of relief it was uh it was quite a stressful time maybe mm-hmm. and um yeah it wasn't the most enjoyable yeah 
Mm. I mean, honestly, it sounds heartbreaking. I think that would have just been such a hard decision and a big sort of loss of identity too. As you said, it was like it was your whole life and you couldn't see anything outside of that. And how could you? Because to compete at that level, it has to be your absolute focus. Uh, I mean, that's an understatement. It's your only focus and it's an obsession to make it, um, I guess, to, to be able to compete the way you did. So it would have been so hard. Um, I guess it, like like your friend said to you about there's more to life than being really fit or being the best. There's definitely, I think, something that's often quite undervalued about being just like a recreational athlete or like a park runner or, you know, weekend warrior type where, and and most of these people, well, not most, but I feel like a lot of these recreational runners are always sort of looking up to the professionals like, oh, wow, like that would be the dream. But yeah, maybe it's it's not quite what it looks like, I guess. And I think there's definitely something great about not having it um, be your income or trying to make it your income and just being able to run or swim or hop on a bike and just do the things when you feel like it, because you can, you know, you can still chase fitness goals, but not, I guess, compete at the same level and not have it be the only thing in your life. Uh, In saying that, obviously though, like, I don't know, I can't even imagine what that would be like. So it must've been so hard. Yeah. Yeah. But I think I also, like, I realized in that time that I, I was sort of like, Oh, I don't even know if I actually enjoy like riding and, running and all of that I was like I think I just actually liked training mm. I just liked training the process of training getting fit and racing but I wasn't mm. I was like I don't even know if I want to just go out and ride my bike you know but um yeah um last year through COVID I got into mountain biking my boss was like here you need to do something like take my old mountain bike and go for a spin and that really sort of opened my eyes again and um you know it was just like going out and having fun on the bike like you would when you're a kid um Mm. just go out and muck around and learn new skills learn how to get up and over rocks and do sketchy descents and um Mm. a few jumps and that sort of stuff so that was that was a lot of fun and then you know I was doing that every week and just having fun and like working on those skills and um obviously the fitness just comes along when you when you spend a few hours out and Mm. I did a few races and stuff and it was yeah there was like no expectation because it was mountain bike it's totally different it's you know it's, it's riding only and it's very different to riding on the road um because the because of the, the massive skill element so yeah i went and did a few races and got whooped and you know had 50 year olds beat me and it was <laughs> a lot of fun and um yeah it didn't feel like any sense of, of pressure or anything like that um so yeah i think um it's it's good to have that i guess well i guess it's pressure that we put on ourselves when we go to races and stuff but it's good to be able to just totally remove that and just actually just have fun yeah seriously it's such like I don't know why there's so much pressure even when you're not at the level that you were at even if you're just a recreational runner I think because running and triathlon like the outcome is a time it's not like your team is going to win you're going to get two goals versus no goals or whatever it's like everyone wants to know what your time is you finish the run and they're not like oh how do you feel how was that like did you enjoy the scenery it's like what was your time did you get a PB? Like it's just constantly like just chasing this number. So I think it's really yeah. hard to not have pressure regardless of what level you're at, whether that's yourself or just from other people or kind of this, yeah, you create it yourself. But um, it's nice that you had that opportunity to go back into something else that was, yeah, similar but kind of completely different and you could actually just enjoy it for the activity more than like the outcome. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's very, um, 
freeing sort of feeling yeah mm, yeah and was that the first time you'd kind of gotten back into some sort of training since 2018 like had you just completely removed yourself from it or uh I have been known as the comeback king so I've, um, <laughs> I've had many on and off periods in the last like four years or whatever you know a couple months on and then and then just rack it for a few months again <laughs> and um yeah motivation comes in waves but um yeah, no, I, I mean, there was a, a stage where I did a few, like, road races. Um, there were a couple of times where I tried to get back into triathlon. Um, you know, I had this this big plan. I think it was 2018 still. I um, signed up for Half Ironman. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go race some longer stuff. New swim coach, new new environment, like, the whole lot. I had a strength plan. Like, it was all going to happen, and then it, it didn't happen. Um, and I lost like 450 bucks in the race entry or whatever it was. Um, yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, there's definitely been a few times where I've been on and off. I did, uh, actually earlier this year, I went, I, I spent some time in Brisbane, um, with, with family and, um, I, I went training with, uh, the Hills district, which is a, a professional triathlon squad up in Brisbane. Um, basically just cause I didn't have much else to do and my friend was training with them. So I was like, I'll oh, just jump in for it a little bit of this and that and um, somehow found quite a lot of fitness in like a week. <laughs> and then in January, I had a bunch of friends that went to Jindabyne for training. Um, so they were like, hey, come with us, have a bit of fun and take some photos and stuff. So I went and did that as well. And and then uh, suddenly I, I was going pretty well. So I um, I entered the cross triathlon national champs, so the off-road triathlon. It's like oh. swim in a mountain bike and a trail run. Yeah, and, um, that's cool. That was at Lake Krakenbach in, uh, in February. So I went and did that. That was kind of fun. Um, you know, it was it was a lot harder than I thought. I, I didn't have the legs that I wanted to, but yeah, it was fun. It was a bit of a muck around. Um, but then what's yeah, with this, all the oh, sorry, what's the swim like on that event? So if you've got a mountain bike and a trail run, like are you swimming through like logs and like is it in a <laughs> lake? Like what's it yeah, in? Yeah, no, it's just it's just like in a little lake. And it was kind of okay. it was really interesting because out of the three legs, like I'd been swimming the least I would say mm. I was swimming like once a week for mm. like two K's or something, which is, I mean, I guess my average session back in the day would probably be more like five K's. Um, so I was, yeah, I didn't expect much in the swim, but I ended up swimming quite well and came out seconds. Um, so I was like, Oh, this is going to be a good day. But then uh, yeah, I, the ride, which I've really prepared for, and I'd been up to Jindabyne twice already that year, uh, this year and like really practiced the course and everything. I was ready to shred that just didn't happen you know the oh. legs just weren't there so um and the run was really tough so you had to go like you had to go through a river and it was like really cold water so there's three laps you had to go through this river and you get all these like small rocks going into oh, your shoes i can um, imagine so you're doing like 10ks like with like yeah bare feet stepping on these rocks it was yeah a bit of a nightmare and it was real tough there was like a bouncy bridge you had to go across which just sucked all the energy out of you <laughs> rocks and mud and yeah it's pretty gnarly course wow <laughs> sounds yeah. cool i mean it sounds fun i mean did you well, obviously when you got out on the swim and you were sort of up the front did you feel that those same feelings that you used to feel like the oh yeah the i was like where are the boys are on like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and i knew the guy the guy that came out first i did a bit of training with him in Wollongong, um ben allen so he's he's uh really well known in the cross triathlon circles um I can't remember his resume. I'm pretty sure he's national champion like many times. Um, he's done quite well internationally as well. But um, yeah, I was like, all right, I'm not too far from him. Like, it's it's all going to happen. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, I mean, you obviously like competing, and I feel like 
um, even if you're not, you know, competing in the professional level, it's probably going to be impossible for you to, I guess, just do something and like completely sort of relax and like do it a hundred percent for fun. Like surely yeah. no matter what you do, you're always going to want to like go out and attack and work hard and push yourself. Pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I sort of take that into like the photography side mm. of things as well. Um, like whenever I shoot, it's, I always want to, you know, you got a lot of these like athletics mates and stuff and there's, these days there's quite a few photographers around, which is good to see, um, mm. which I don't think there were several years back. Like when I was racing, you, I've, I've got barely any decent photos of me when I was racing, but these mm. days you turn up to an athletics track and there'll be two, three, four uh, people with a camera. But uh, yeah, I, I take it quite like a competition a little bit. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm going to, you know. I'm get the best shot. Thing. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But you kind of have to, like, if you want to get the jobs and stuff, you need to, um, you need to produce the best work, I guess. Um, mm. On top of that, you need to be networking and all of that. But um, yeah, it's a little bit of healthy competition is good to help try and um, bring up the level of, of your photography mm. as well. That's awesome. Yeah, because yeah, I guess, um, I mean, I'm not sure, but my in my head I always think that a lot of photographers aren't actually, I mean, they might have an interest in the sport they're taking pictures of, but they're not necessarily athletes themselves or ex-professional athletes like yourself. Um, is that right? Or are there a lot of sort of sports people and runners that take the pictures too? I'd say I'd say it's probably like 50-50, yeah. Okay. Um, or probably even more more like three quarters would would have been athletes at some point and, yeah, and that's cool. why they're around it um but there's definitely some like a friend of mine told me that there's a there's a guy um won't say his name but he is a lot of people consider him as like the best sports photographer um like in the world kind of thing and he he goes on about how he was like terrible at sport like he would you know be the last person picked at PE lessons mm. for, for, for the team and that kind of thing but um loves his sport and goes and shoots it really well so um yeah. yeah but no I think I think a lot of people do go from competing uh and then just sort of like maybe just like pick up a camera as as they're going along with it and just shoot their friends and that sort of thing and progress in there yeah because I guess um yeah if you just love the sport then you're just going to be stoked to be around it so if you can be there and involved in it in any way possible and if taking photos is how it comes about then it's a great way to stay involved if you're not I guess, in it as much or, I don't know, not doing it full time. Um, how does it feel, though, like taking pictures at events where, you know, there's probably some fantastic racing going on? Do you feel a bit jealous, like, that you're not racing or do you just get really excited and sort of enjoy just the fact that you're getting to capture it? Um, look, there's definitely some times where you're like, oh, I wish I could be I could be in this right now. Yeah. Um, but no, it's still pretty cool to be around it for sure. Um, yeah. Like a lot of my social circles are still runners and triathletes and that sort of thing. So if I can go and, um, you know, hang out at the track when my friends are racing and, and just shoot some pictures of, of them, that's pretty cool. Um, I shot at Husky long course this year, mm. which is the um, like massive triathlon down at Huskisson. And that's the Australian long course championships as well. So I stayed, I was actually talking to a friend like the night before about it because there were um, a few of us staying together, like a few of the athletes um, we were staying together. And, you know, the top 10 guys in that race were all people that I'd trained with or raced with. And we were like, you know, it's pretty cool. Like we're all sort of still 
on this journey together, even though I'm not racing, um, I'm, I'm still there. And like I was at the finish line shooting all the, the, the emotions at the finish and, and so on. And they were like, yeah, that's, that's pretty wicked. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's so cool that you can still be involved in some capacity. Um, have you got any desire to race again? Obviously you've just done the, the cross country, whatever it's called, cross country triathlon. Um, are you planning on sticking with that sort of like just sort of fun event? Are you going to just see what happens? Have you got any plans? Um, I don't have a lot of plans at the moment in terms of race. I don't really want to race much of anything, um, anymore. Um, because again, I'm like, oh, if I'm going to race something, like I want to actually be at like the top of my capacity, I guess. Mm. And to be to be at the best that I can be requires a lot, uh, which I'm just not willing to put into it anymore. But mm. um, yeah, maybe a couple of mountain bike races here or there. Um, it's been raining a lot over the past how many months, so I haven't really touched the mountain bike much, just because the trails are all wrecked. But um, yeah, maybe maybe a few of them, but that's probably the extent of it i think um you know i'm happy just having a having a jog around or a roll around and staying kind of fit but i don't really want to line up against um against people that actually train hard so yeah fair um, enough that's good well, it gives you plenty more time to take more photos which is great and exactly. have you got plans for where you're going to shoot have you got any sort of goal events that you'd like to shoot at have you got people that you um with or? yeah yeah there's a, i mean there's a lot of i shoot a lot uh so you know people think that oh, i just shoot sport but um i shoot a whole bunch of things you know i shot a nightclub the other night i shot i to photograph a billboard um i do some parties engagements weddings uh who knows, like brands, um, products, launch events and things like that, awards nights, so just like heaps of random stuff. So, um, and I, I like doing a whole variety of things that keeps keeps me on my toes. Um, there are a few projects I have in mind. I think I'm, I'm going to Noosa next week to shoot a, there's like a running retreat happening up there. And yeah. I'll do some work with a friend of mine who's just loaded up on a bunch of, bunch of new sponsors. Uh, so he's a triathlete, just got himself a new bike, a new wetsuit, a few other bits and pieces. So, um yeah i want to try and i guess delve into that space a bit more like shooting for athletes and their their brand partnerships um i've been doing a bit of work with ed goddard recently as well uh who is if you don't know a marathon runner um he's he's signed up with Asics, so i've been shooting a little bit of stuff for him um and yeah there's i got, got a few other athletes uh in my mind um might be doing some work at city to surf Mm. but uh yeah i don't know we'll we'll see what comes up yeah that's so exciting and that retreat that you're going to is that jackie's retreat that you yeah cool it Do you is. tell us a little bit about your larapinta journey with her <laughs> yeah so jackie bell um if you don't know jackie's an ultra runner um and she likes to run like 250k races um you know just a just a light jog yeah um and these races normally for her go for like four or five days i think they're like stage races um and you know you, you run a certain amount this day and then you camp overnight and go the next day um so back in 2020 she had this idea of going to she had a race in sri lanka and she was like hey do you want to come with me to sri lanka for like two weeks you know a few days before and after the race and as well as the race and just like follow me and shoot me and uh, you know, she's got sponsors and stuff to, yeah, create the, the content for. And I was like, yeah, this would be sick. And I think we were meant to leave on a Tuesday 
and like Friday before the uh, the flight got cancelled or the event got cancelled because um, this is when COVID was kicking off. So like February March time two thousand twenty. Um, so that was a that was a big bugger. And then the next morning, she hits me up and goes, "Hey, I'm really fit. I want to do something wild. Let's go and hike the Lara Pinta Trail." I was like, oh, what's that? And she was like, yeah, it's this massive hike like in Central Australia and I want to leave on Friday. So, like, I think we had six days notice before Oh, my leaving. God. And I was like, okay. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't have – I'd never been camping before um, and at this point I was not very fit. I'd been pretty lazy for, for a little bit. Um, so, hiking, I think it was meant to be about 230-ish K. It ended up being a little bit longer, about 260, I think, for us because we had a few – mishaps where we may have walked in the wrong direction or uh, someone may have uh dropped the tent poles and had to run back oh my gosh okay i don't know who that was um, <laughs> so yeah no that was oh kind of God. fun running through the middle of nowhere um in the heat of the middle of the day trying to find tent poles which i didn't find oh. so oh um, actually um no so that was kind of a waste of time and energy but uh adds, <laughs> adds to the story but um yeah no I mean I had to I had like a few days to to rush and I had to buy a pack and all these bits and pieces and I had no idea what was going on um I was freaking out big time because I again I hadn't been camping before oh my I gosh. like to be pretty clean I don't like not showering for <laughs> days um <laughs> So that was a big concern of mine and just generally being dirty, not a fan. Um, <laughs> yeah, fair. And that, you know, like, I, Central Australia, it's um, very dirt around. Yeah. <laughs> there is. There's a bit of dirt. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and when we got there, um, so we actually, there was a third friend, Emily, that came with us. She, she was only able to do, like, the first four or five days um, and then she had to leave. She had some, I was just selling a house or whatever. Um, so yeah, there were three of us and we got taken out to the start of the trail. So it's a, like, it starts at Alice Springs and goes out to Mount Sonder, which is way out West of Alice Springs. Um, you can do it in both directions. We decided to walk from Mount Sonder back into town. Um, so yeah, the guy that was driving us, the tour guide that was driving us out there, he was like, you guys are, you guys are nuts. Like it's too hot in March, you know? Mm. Um, and he also, we didn't think about having an EPIRB, you know, like one of those little oh satellite yeah. things. So he was like, he was like, you guys have an EPIRB? And we were like, no. <laughs> um, so it was, it was quite sketchy um, in hindsight. And um, yeah, the trail closed when we were about four or five days deep, uh, I think when Emily left us. So Jackie and I were like the only people out there in the middle of nowhere. Oh, why did it close? COVID. Oh. oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. This is like all the states were closing down and stuff, and right. yeah, it's kind of crazy. So we had no phone reception um, for like pretty much the entirety of the ten days, and when we got back, we checked all the news. Like it was, it was all happening. Yeah. Wow. But um, yeah, but no, you that made was, it. You did it. Yeah, just yeah. <laughs> um, it was. I mean, it was hot. It was like, I don't know exactly how hot. I'm going to say it was like 40 degrees, like every mm-hmm. day. Um, we were covered in thousands of flies from sunrise to sunset so about 13 hours a day which was a nightmare as well you had to wear a, a fly net um we had other bugs come out at night and yeah there was a lot of discomfort you know carrying your pack and getting blisters on your feet and all that sort of stuff so sounds um, awful <laughs> yeah would recommend though yeah um, yeah, yeah it, was, it was it. like some of the views were just insane like the places we got to see were yeah pretty out of control
control. So I think um, I was saying to a friend yesterday, I think I've recovered from the trauma now and um, could probably be ready to to go again. Yeah, get some new tentpoles and go for That's it. Yeah, yeah. But no, we, we wow. got some good photos and, and um, a few videos and stuff out of that and ended up in two magazines. Um, oh, so wow. there was a little article in Trail Run magazine um, and also something in the – it's like the Brisbane weekend or I don't know, one of like the weekend newspapers in Brisbane, uh, which is where Jackie's from. So that oh, was, cool. um, that was pretty cool. Mission success. Yeah. yeah it was worth it then. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Have you had many other trips like that? Have you worked with Jackie before or done anything else that crazy or similar to it? Um, that was definitely up there as, as kind of the craziest thing. I've done a few, I've done a few trips. Um, I used to work with a company called Running Heroes, um, which is an app maybe you guys have heard of. If you haven't, you're a runner, get on it. Uh, basically, you can win win free prizes um, and get discounts on products that you will actually use. You know, whether it's running gear or or you know nutrition or like yeah, a lot of lot of running related things. But um, we had a campaign with uh, Tourism Thailand. So I got to go to Thailand twice, which was unreal. Wow. The first time was uh, off to the Phuket Marathon. Oh. And, you know, we got to go and run and also um, just have like a five-star experience basically for a week. So they wanted to show off like that you can go there for a run as well as having an epic holiday as well. So that was, that was wicked. Um, and then I think we went to Bangkok again. So... Um, that was unreal. We got to go and stay in uh, in like a jungle raft hotel as well, so like a floating river raft um, on the River Kwai. So yeah. that was that was pretty epic. But uh, yeah, no, a lot of a lot of really cool stuff that uh, we got to experience. Yeah. And have you got um, a sort of like dream location or dream person or event that you you're hoping to shoot? Um, that's a big question. Um, <laughs> I think the Olympics would be unreal. Yeah. Um, or, you know, any, any like real high level event, but yeah, the Olympics would be unreal. I think the Olympics for photographers is the same as it is for athletes. It's like, yeah. that's where you want to be. So wow. how do um, you get into that? Like, obviously there's some sort of application process. Do you know what's involved? Uh, I don't know entirely. So, um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I think, well, you just need to have work. So you need to be employed by someone, um, you know, whether it's a, a newspaper or, um, I don't know, a, a media outlet of some sorts. Um, maybe it could be like a, a national team, like the Australian swim team, for example, whatever it is. Um, yeah, you need to have some sort of employment that's going to help you get the accreditation and the access to, to be there. You can't just... You can't just rock mm. up, obviously. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I, don't, I don't know the, the full details of exactly okay. what you need to do. But yeah, you need to shoot good photos and you need to have some sort of reason to be there. Mm, exciting. How does it all start then? Like, have you got any advice for any aspiring sports photographers? Because obviously, everyone at events takes pictures, right? Well, not everyone, but I mean, I take pictures, you know, some of them are blurry, but yeah. if you're in focus, um, like, how do you get started? Do you just pick up a camera and, and go? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would, I would say like a lot of people start, you can tell when someone's new to it um, and they shoot like your little A's kind of photos like you said <laughs> um a lot of people just focus on you know let's say we're at an athletic track just focus on shooting people running um mm. I would I would actually encourage you to 
step back and be more observant and be really aware of what's happening around you and photograph just the entirety of the event and what's happening. Um, so I'd, I'd almost say as an exercise to just not photograph anyone running at all and photograph the spectators, photograph the details, photograph what's happening before and after the races. A lot, I mean, a lot of the good images, the, the emotions you get are at the end of a race um, as soon as it's finished. Um, so I would yeah encourage people to just be extremely observant. I think that's a big mm. part of photographing. Um, I don't know if you saw my pictures from the Turbo 5000 last week, but mm. there were there was some there was a picture I took of a guy like lying on the ground um, just after his race, um, and I thought that was pretty pretty cool. But everyone would have seen that happen, and I saw a number of people put up pictures of the same thing, but they didn't take it in the same way that I took it. Um, so I guess, yeah, just being observant of what's happening around you and trying to think outside the box, like how can I capture this from a different angle or whatever to, to create a more visually striking image. Mm. Um, that's, yeah, that's pretty much it. And just use what you got as well. Don't stress too much over the gear and, and having like heaps of lenses and that sort of stuff. Um, you know, it's good to have a lot of gear that can, every, every piece of gear has its own, purpose but um if you can simplify things and maybe just even go out with one lens um one focal length and just yeah just just work it and try to really understand what you're doing with your tools mm. yeah that's awesome it's um interesting how you say to try and really think outside the box and be as observant as you can of everything that's going on because as a someone who like not being a photographer it's hard to really know what the difference is between a good picture and a bad picture or like a good picture and average picture. Like you can definitely tell that there's a, a massive difference, but in terms of what it is, I wouldn't know how to describe that. Um, like I'll, you know, there's an image that is really striking and I just want to keep looking at it and it'll sort of spark some emotional response. And in my eyes, that that's a good image, but I don't know what, obviously no idea what would actually make it. So yeah, I mean, well done to you for making such memorable content and engaging content. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I think uh, there's like three main elements um, that help create like visually striking images. So that would be light, composition and moments. So light, I guess, self-explanatory is, is how the subject is lit. The composition is how you framed it. Um, so, you know, if you're taking a picture of a, let's just say a portrait of a person, if their face is like way off in the corner of the image, that's probably not the best composition. But, mm. you know, if you, if you can line things up nicely, um, that that helps a lot, and then moment is like what what's actually happening in the image. You know, if someone is uh, I don't know they're shaking hands with someone or giving someone a hug after a race or something like that's that's your moment. That's like the substance of the image. Mm. So if you can get all those three things in one image, um, then it's it's gonna it's gonna work well. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Awesome. Very good tips. Surely we can just go out there now and you might have some competition from us yeah, <laughs> now that we know the secrets. You shouldn't yeah, have shared that. You better watch it. out. <laughs> yeah. um, now, something that we always like to ask, I guess, and this question is going to be a little bit different for you. Normally we ask your favourite pair of running shoes, which I'm sure you've got plenty from your Pace Athletic On days. On Cloud which... Flow. Oh, okay. On Cloud Flow. There you go. Oh, Very good. interesting. Yeah. 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 First on for the series. For the series. <laughs> the series forever. Um, that's good. And the other one I was going to ask you, because you're a photographer, is your favourite camera or lens or 
I don't know what, what I'm going to be able to gather from this. Well, because we're going to go mm. buy one and then take some photos. So, look, I shoot, I shoot with Fujifilm. Um, so, there's, I mean, there's a lot of different camera brands out there and uh, there is no perfect camera or camera system. That's important to know. There's, they all have pros and cons. Uh, there's nothing, nothing that's going to do everything perfectly. Um, but, yeah, for me, the Fujifilm system just works really well it does uh pretty much everything I, I want it to do um and my favorite lens would be actually one that i bought last week which is a 23 millimeter 1.4 um so that's basically i was gonna a, say that one that's the one yeah yeah no, it's, <laughs> it's like it's a 35 millimeter focal length um which is a pretty standard focal length i really like looking at photojournalism and photo documentary work and that's quite a popular focal length for that sort of work um so yeah if you're in the know you will understand what that means um <laughs> but uh yeah i just i like i like that lens yeah very good all yeah, i can say down. is yeah it sounds good yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, great numbers 23 yeah shout out to brad uh, yeah yeah uh i mean it's so cool like i for ages i was like oh i'm gonna get a real camera but i'm like lydia you don't even know how to like use the burst function on your iPhone. So maybe just sort that out first. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we love what you do. Very impressive. Um, yeah. What, so what's the next event on the cards? What should we be staying tuned for? Oh, geez. I don't know. Um, City to I, might surf? Be at, I might be at City to Surf. Yeah, yeah. I am in discussions cool. with someone about City to Surf. Um, I shot a video there a few years ago, which they loved and looks like we're going to do another one. So Ooh, um, that is not entirely confirmed, but I think that's I think that's going to be happening at City to Surf. So it'd be good to see everyone out there. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Um, Sounds good. Thank you for your time. For your time. Right. Yeah, for no, I was, yeah, I was just going to say thank you so much for coming on. Um, we'll put your website in our bio, not in our bio, in um. <laughs> show notes <laughs> that's the one what episode are we up to 40 and you still don't know what it's called show notes and your instagram as well everyone can check that out give them some likes and follows and check all of the photos out because they are very cool yeah. um and yeah that's it I'll thank see you so you, much chris i'll see you jogging cool. around your new neighborhood hey yeah around the new hood yeah, yeah, yeah sounds good awesome thanks so much all right Daisy. thanks guys